My name is Robert Morrison, and this is the Things That Matter To Me podcast. Welcome again. This is episode six of the podcast. Um, again, we're still figuring out what exactly it is uh, that the process looks like and how we're going to go about doing this, but I think uh, for now we've sort of settled into uh, a kind of we're going to figure this out as we go along thing, so that's really the best I got. Um, but... Uh, for the last, uh, for for the first five episodes, we've uh, been kind of keeping on the same uh, trajectory. But I did want to turn it around a little bit at this particular point. Um, I, I totally understand we cannot continue with this uh, at this rate, at the way that we're we're doing it uh, this way. Because I there's only so many things in the world that I can talk about, and I only have so many uh, people who know about these things. Uh, so basically. Uh, probably the big thing from here on out is going to be f to sort of focus on different things as they kind of come up. But uh, for now, I think we're going to keep on this uh, focusing on one thing for a little bit at a time. But I did want to switch it up a little bit. Um, we'll definitely come back to the music thing because it's a it's an important part of <clears throat> excuse me an important part of my existence. Uh, but that'll change over time, and we'll just keep moving along. Um, but today. We are going to change things up a little bit because um, there are other things that matter to me. Um, and so what we're going to talk about now, um, we're going to switch over from music to talking about sports. Now, uh, seems like a strange uh, move because we're, we're, we're turning into something from one thing that, that has a very specific uh, sense of idea <laughs> or has one very, one very particular idea um, and then the sports thing, <coughs> which has another thing altogether. Um, but I think uh, it's a sort of uh, logical move. Uh, sports are a thing that, that I pay attention to throughout uh, the year. I'm always constantly uh, got something going on, and as you'll as we'll talk about in just a moment, uh, it's there's there's a there's a con constancy to sports because. There's always something that's that's happening, and this wasn't always the case for me in particular, and we'll talk about that again um, throughout the next couple of weeks. But um, but I do have, at this point in my life, at in my mid-30s, a sport that I'm following pretty much all the time, um, although be it um, at different levels of, of paying attention and that sort of thing. Um, but in general, I just want to kind of talk about sports and, and how they... Uh, why they matter and how they matter, and then we'll uh, get into more specifics later on. But for today, I just want to talk in general about sports and why they matter to me, to me, and why I think they're important. Um, so the first reason is that uh, the fairly obvious they create a sense of competition in sportsmanship. Uh, competition for sure. Um, obviously, you can get competition from other things in the world. Uh, so really, anything that's competitive that is not necessarily athletic. Uh, can require that, uh, but the idea of, of <coughs> excuse me, of of athletic of com athletic competition and cert and the 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 idea of of that I think for me came from uh, sports and growing up playing sports and growing up watching sports and that sort of thing and then the idea of sportsmanship which which comes from that as well and I think those are really key important things uh, to have in in life that no matter if you're sort of an athletic person or if you're more um, competitive in other areas, maybe you're uh, intellectually competitive or uh, competitive in in other things like I don't know, you know, building puzzles or uh, board games or whatever or anything like that. Uh, the the ability to 
compete and compete efficiently and to compete in a way that, that reflects sportsmanship, I think, is really important. And so for me, at least as a kid, uh, sports were the way that I learned that because there wasn't a lot of other things going on uh, that would allow me that opportunity to do that. Now, later on, I, added into, uh, I did other things. Um, and the more I became involved in, in school and different things, and even something as silly as like, uh, not not necessarily silly, but trying out for a for a play or something, that there's a sense of competition to that too. Um, and so I sort of learned about that as a kid um, through sports. And so that I think that's one reason why they why they matter so very much. Um, another reason uh, is that they bring people together in ways that not a lot of other things. Uh, do it's it's very fascinating to get in a room with uh, fans of a team that you might follow or uh, sp another sport that you might follow, and even if you sort of disagree on on other things, you might have political uh, disagreements, you might have social disagreements, you might have uh, various other disagreements. But for the most part, uh, the whole coming together as a fan of X team is a thing that just brings people together, and I think it's really fascinating. Um, and I think it's a really important part of it because oftentimes it allows people who wouldn't interact with people who are not quote-unquote like them. Uh, to, it, it allows them an opportunity to do that. Um, it's, it's kind of a fascinating situation to be around it. Now, I'm in a strange situation uh, personally in that the sports teams that I follow, and we'll talk about uh, this more at the end here, um, I've always, for the most part, not lived around other uh, fans of those teams. Um, so I've had a sort of different experience with it, and a lot of it has come to fruition a lot more with the advent of the Internet and, and uh, sites that, uh, websites that are connected to uh, these ideas and, and that sort of thing. Um, and so that's been more of my, my format, and we'll... Uh, but I think it still is an important aspect of, of it is bringing uh, people who are different from one another but have this sort of central uh, thing and that thing being that team that they follow or the, the sport that they follow and they can come together and say, hey, this matters to me. Um, and so I think that's really cool. Um, and the other thing on that level is think of something like the Olympics or, or the World Cup or some other international competition. Uh, I think parts of... of other parts of the world do this better than we do in America because we kind of only pay attention to these major competitions, even though there's all these other smaller competitions that we also participate in. Uh, but we don't pay as much attention to it if it's not the Olympics or a World Cup or something major like that. Um, but, you know, it is a time, if you look at sort of <clears throat> camaraderie in another way, this idea of camaraderie from a nation standpoint, I think is also really important. Um, and so... It's through athletics, through something as uh, mundane or th something we don't pay attention to. Like all of a sudden, everybody comes a becomes a an expert on synchronized swimming or whatever, because it's the Olympics, or they become a, a soccer fan even though they haven't watched soccer at any point during the last four years. And it's just it's kind of fascinating the way that that happens. The next thing for me is that uh, I think it's important to note, um, and this is kind of similar to the other to the to the two before that, is that. Um, that sports often have the ability to, to sort of almost almost literally tear down walls in situations where there might not otherwise be agreements and borders to where you can sort of overcome those types of things. That if there's no 
distance sometimes between me and another fan of, of, of a team that I support, even though they might not be right there next to me, even though I might not be around them all the time. It is really cool, um, the experience of you know walking around and you're like, oh, there's another supporter of this team or another fan of this team that I follow. And you can make that connection, again, with somebody that you don't even know, somebody that you don't have any interaction with in other circumstances. And I think it's just really cool the way that works. And the last thing is they create an opportunity for people to excel and be recognized for that. Um, now, there's certainly going to be some pushback on this thought because there are uh, sections of the world that will say, oh, well, you know, we shouldn't be giving all this attention to sports. You know, there are other things that people excel at that we don't really pay that close of attention to, and that's a, sort of a travesty. Um, and I think that's that's true, and that's another, but that's another thing for another podcast episode, uh, the sort of idea of do the, you know, should we be, you know, giving millions of dollars to, to athletes um, where, you know, somebody who's, really smart at something is not necessarily getting that same level of, of attention and glorification. Now, there's obvious reasons for some of this. Uh, for instance, the sports athletes generate a great deal of revenue, and therefore they're able to <laughs> to take in that money, uh, so they sort of get a return on, on investment there. Uh, but, you know, for better or for worse, it does allow an opportunity to pay attention to those of us who are good at things, and it allows... Uh, people who really are good at something like an athletic pursuit to rise above and for people to pay attention to them. And I think one of the cool things about people who are really good at things, especially athletics, is that oftentimes uh, where they came from or how they learned to do this thing um, is not really that important. It's just so much in, in as much so much that they're just good at it. Like that's the important thing, not where do they come from or these sorts of things. And it allows us to um, to get away from that, um, which I think is really important, uh, an important part of, of sports. And so that's that's really it. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of other details to it in that I, you know, I really just like being a part of something. And I think it, um, it, it it's cool to, to be a part of things. And like I said, I, I have spent a lot of my sports fandom time being away from fans and over the course of the next uh, couple, of, couple of episodes, as we unpack each one individually, uh, what I'll do is I'll um, be able to talk about each sports fan situation, really get into the how it happened and, and why it happened and, and the experience of being a fan in those particular cases. We're going to start with one of them today, um, but I just want to let you know how this is going to work. So over the course of the next couple episodes, um, I'm going to talk about one particular sport that I have, that I'm a fan of, and kind of talk about what's going on, um, and I get sort of the again the story of how I got there and all that kind of thing. And so that's that's what we're going to look at. Um, and I think uh, today, because of of some other situations of when what's going on, I'm going to start with the story of how I became a soccer fan. Um, <laughs> and for those for people who knew me as a as a younger person. This should this would be a great surprise to you. So if you knew me growing up as like a, uh, a middle schooler and a high schooler, uh, to find that I have latched on pretty heavily to the soccer scene, both uh, here in uh, the city that I live in and uh, currently, and sort of on the international and abroad level, is uh, certainly a fascinating one. Um, <clears throat> and it's it's kind of surprising to me, to be totally honest with you, 
uh, that it has been such a big thing. But here we are. It's 2019, and I can definitely say that soccer um, has become a, a, an, an important part of my existence. Um, it's sort of strange, but true. So my story really begins uh, with the 2014 World Cup. Um, in, in the most part. Uh, there are some other spots in there that happened prior to that. I would say the 2010 World Cup is the first time I can remember like sitting down and watching it. Um, I had a, a, a friend who we'll hear from a little bit later um, in, in subsequent weeks uh, that uh, really majorly impacted that um, in a lot of ways. There's, there's some good stories that are, that will be coming up later about how that happened and why that happened. Uh, and I remember little snippets of the 2010 World Cup and that sort of thing. But the 2014 World Cup is really where it kicked in. And this was a, a pretty important one uh, for United States soccer and uh, the men's team. Uh, they went, uh, they had a, a really good run in the, in the cup. Um, and it ended in, uh, in not so great fashion in the, the quarterfinals, I believe, uh, against Belgium. But that was the sort of Tim Howard coming out party, uh, which is interesting because he'd been a part of the, the team for a really long time uh, and part of, of U.S. soccer for a really long time leading up to that. But he uh, kept the team in the game, 16 saves. De Bruyne digging out that pass is the dangerous. Onigay and Tim Howard's legs saved the U.S. from going behind early again. Away by Omar Gonzalez. Aldevier out tries his luck. And there were a couple of players in offside positions who couldn't have gone for that ball. Eden Hazard. And Tim Hurd now is all about what he can do from their meetings in the Premier League. De Bruyne to take the corner here for Belgium. Tim Howard, good punch, lots of distance. More trouble looming. De Bruyne! Straight at Tim Howard. Last two challenges and still goes on. De Bruyne. Mertens with the header, and Tim Howard. Van Point Vertonghen, who can hit them, Howard. At the second attempt, no problem. Terrific run, and on and on he goes, looking for a solo goal. Origi, Tim Howard again. Hazard forward, Origi, it's very promising. Beautifully done, it's Morales! Again, Tim Howard's legs deflected it. Morales, I think goes on another of those runs. Oh, it's a brilliant piece of play by Morales. Carback, Fellaini, now Hazard! Again, Tim Howard, who is having one of the games of even his distinguished career. Hazard, who's always in the Chelsea starting lineup. On again! Howard, Mr. Invincible. De Bruyne, company's there, tries to turn it goalwards. Tim Howard scrambles it behind. But he did join in the training yesterday. Lukaku's. Tim Howard beaten once, but that is his 13th save. Hazard. Lukaku. Oh, and Tim Howard. Save number 14, I make it. And the only one they've conceded here, a penalty. Against Algeria, it's Morales! Make that 15 saves for Tim Howard. This is the most in the World Cup, I can tell you, for half a century. Lukaku, 
looking to terrorize that defense again. He's so big and strong. It's Lukaku! And another save by the extraordinary Tim Howard. You have got to be kidding me. Uh, and he uh, really helped keep them in, and the, the game went to extra time, and there were some dramatic things that happened. I remember where I was when I saw it. I was with a friend of mine in uh, Wilmington. We were in a, uh, a bar downtown Wilmington, I think uh, Front Street Brewery, actually. Uh, and <clears throat> we're just watching and just the sort of, like, this is exciting kind of thing. And just to be surrounded by a bunch of people who I, I assumed just cared about the sport because it was the World Cup. And I assumed that sort of the national camaraderie that I was talking about earlier was the thing that was kicking in. Uh that may or may not be true. I can neither confirm nor deny that that particular group. I know that's why I was there um, because I was like, oh, you know, that's it's the World Cup. This is what just what you do. You pay attention. It was exciting um, and that sort of thing. There was some again some other things that happened uh, at different points in my life. I remember the two thousand two World Cup, for example. Um, I remember watching a U.S. Germany game in England, so that was kind of exciting. Um, but this was the real turning point. And after watching that game, I knew in my head, I was like, I'm going to go find out a way that I can keep watching this sport throughout the year. And so at that point, I intellectualized uh, the decision pretty heavily. Um, I, I, I started looking into all the other leagues that were going on that, that happened throughout the, the year. Um, my understanding was that the MLS, which is Major League Soccer here in the States, was you know, not really worth digging into. Uh, and aside from the fact that there wasn't a team around me that I wanted to really pay attention to uh, living here in the Charlotte area. <clears throat> so I said, well, let me figure out a place where I can go that I can watch best quality um, soccer uh, at, at other points during the year. So I, that immediately brought me to the English Premier League, which is the top flight of English soccer. Um, and I didn't know anything about it. I was just like, okay, let me just, let me look. I mean, I'd heard of like teams like, uh, Chelsea and Manchester United, these were these were names that I knew. Uh, but beyond that, I didn't really have a lot of information. So <laughs> I would, I, I did some some strange things. I, I think I looked up like a uh, an online quiz that would tell me which fan, which <laughs> which team I should be a fan of based on some preferences that I had. Which of course was strange. Um, thinking about it now, because I didn't know anything about what I preferred or what particular things me meant, and it was asking me like. Do you prefer your soccer to be, you know, counterattack heavy or like things I know more about, a lot more about now, uh, but at the time didn't have a clue what they were asking me. But I just kept, I kept coming up with uh, the same answer, and that was uh, Everton Football Club in uh, based in Liverpool, England. And a couple of things uh, about that decision that I made there back in 2014, in the, the end of the summer of 2014, 
uh, were uh, pretty uh, important in sort of telling me that I'd made the quote-unquote right decision. Uh, for one, uh, Everton has, over the, the last uh, several years, been very American-friendly. The aforementioned Tim Howard was actually, at the time, their goalkeeper, their starting keeper, uh, which was cool. And once I found that out, I was like, oh, that's, that's pretty interesting. Um, and also a, a good connection. They've, over the years, had a good relationship with American players. Uh, Landon Donovan, one of the all-time great American soccer players, uh, spent some loan spells over there. Um, was never able to become a full-time player there, but was there for a little bit. And they just had a, they just showed themselves to be very well connected to the United States and that sort of thing. And I, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and the other thing that I liked immediately about them was that they had a, a strong history. They're one of the original uh, English clubs, and they've been around for, for a long time. Um, and so it was really uh, something that... That, that drew me to them. Another thing that was really important about it was was that um, <laughs> while they had had some moderate success over the years, uh, they hadn't won a title or any kind of trophy in a long time. And for some reason, it was really important to me that I was not jumping on a bandwagon at that particular point. That it, that I didn't want it to come across that like, oh, well, I'm I'm becoming a soccer fan, but I'm going to become a soccer fan of like Manchester United or Chelsea or Manchester City, which I don't know that I would have known at the time that that was the thing to do. Because um, <clears throat> I didn't want it to seem like I was finding the best team possible and that was the team that I was going to root for. Uh, it, I, I needed it to have, to feel very grassrootsy, even if it wasn't. Um, but there was something very important about that particular element of it for me. And so... I uh, quickly started to uh, investigate how I could go about watching uh, these games uh, that take place in England, so, you know, five or six hours uh, ahead of us during the day, and uh, quickly found that there were ways to do this, that uh, the, a lot of the, there was television coverage here in the States, um, that there were places in uh, various places throughout Charlotte that would show these games. And most importantly, that there was a group um, based in the United States called Everton um, USA. And that was a, a group that, that had various chapters throughout um, the country, one of which uh, is kind of based here in, sh in the Charlotte area, uh, known as Carolina Toffees. And so I made a connection with them via Twitter, I believe, at the time, and found out where they met and how they what the process was for becoming a part of their group, which was essentially just kind of like show up and, and make yourself a part of the group. Uh, and I ventured out for game number one of that 2014 season. And that was the beginning of my time as an Everton fan. And that is, let's see, this is 2019. So that was five, almost five. It'll be five years um, here this coming season when I start again in August. So pretty crazy to think that, that much time has gone by uh we've had one more world cup since then that i paid a lot of, a lot more attention to and knew what i was kind of looking at now um i've become emotionally invested in this team and it's become very uh much a big part of my life uh it's it's very expensive to to buy merch and stuff and to connect with them and to show my my uh connection to the team but you know <laughs> At the time, I was not married or anything yet, so I was able to sort of make those decisions a little bit more rashly. Uh, <laughs> it's a little bit more difficult to do it now, but it is something that I hope to carry on in my life throughout the rest of my uh, throughout the rest of my life. And um, <clears throat> the whole thing is, uh, you don't choose Everton; Everton chooses you, and it, it definitely feels like 
uh, that for me, that that has been a part of, of what's going on. So that uh, particular uh, experience led to my wanting to find another way to express this on a little bit more of a local level. So not too long after that, uh, I discovered that um, Charlotte had a, had a new uh, team at the uh, United, United Soccer League level, which come to find out was uh, kind of minor league level uh, uh, soccer, so lower level than, than the MLS, uh, just a step below it. Um, and they've since reorganized it and everything. Um, but I, I, I took to, uh, I believe this was the next year, 2015, um, I took to, to, to going to a couple of those games. They were playing at, at a, a soccer complex in a park uh, for their first two years. Um, but I would go to a couple of games and sort of check out what was going on. And then after the first, after that first year, I, I started to get involved a little bit and join the, the supporters group, um, although only officially, I think, for one year. Uh, but they've since moved to a different location um, in Matthews, and I've still kind of stuck around. And while I'm not necessarily a, a heavy uh, member, a, a big-time member of the Jackson Melissa group for the Charlotte Independence, I should say, uh, I, I still um, am a season ticket holder. I think this is my third year, third or fourth year as a season ticket holder, um, and try to go to all the games and <clears throat> try to watch and keep track of the games uh, when they're not at home. That has become a little bit easier over the last couple of years. The USL has uh, kind of taken on a bigger uh, relationship. It used to be that you could watch the, some of the games on YouTube uh, for free. You can't do that anymore. They've uh, been bought by ESPN, and so you can watch the all their games home and away on the ESPN Plus. And so I've gotten into that and am uh, using that to, to watch their away games. This has been a little bit of a struggle of the season, of a season, they've had a couple of good years in the middle, uh, where they went to the playoffs, although they lost in the first round both times. But this season has been a little bit of a struggle, but it's still good because <clears throat> what it allows me to do is have soccer going on all the time. Because uh, in England they play from August to May, and here the season kind of gets started in the uh, in the late spring. Uh, you know, into March, early April, and kind of runs through the summer. So basically, I have a soccer team to pay attention to all throughout the year, <laughs> much to, I'm sure, the chagrin of my wife, who is probably not exactly thrilled that I have all that to go on all the time. But, you know, it does give me something to do um, throughout the year, even though there are other sports to pay attention to as well. And we'll get into that more later. Um, but that is where I stand at this particular point as far as soccer fandom. Um, so the plan is over the next couple of weeks, um, next week I'm going to talk to a, a friend of mine who is a who has been instrumental in me being a, a soccer fan in a lot of ways. Um, so that's going to be a really exciting conversation to have. Uh, but um, <clears throat> from there, what we're going to do is take a look at um, the other teams that I'm fans of and talk about the process of how that happened um, because they've all happened in very different ways. And so I think that's, that's really important. So we'll talk about... Um, my uh, fandom with the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL. We'll talk about the Chicago Cubs in the uh, Major League Baseball. We'll talk about the Charlotte Hornets in uh, basketball and talk about how that works. And we'll talk a little bit, too, about um, college sports and my sort of menial connection to college sports and how that, so that, how that plays into things as well um, and why that is. But uh, So that's where we're going to be going over the course of the next couple of weeks. Um, as always, be sure to check out uh, the Twitter and Instagram pages for the podcast at TTMTMPod. 
uh, for more information on the podcast. The podcast is now available on most of your major <clears throat> on most of your major uh, podcasting locations, including Apple uh, Podcasting, which just happened recently. We're having a little bit of a problem with some label stuff on the on the the main anchor site. I don't know what happened there, but I was I don't know. But we got it figured out, and it's now on Apple. Uh, so if you're an Apple person, you can now find it there. It's still in Spotify, Google Play, all those sorts of things. For the future, there shouldn't be any issues. So if you subscribe in any of those places, that would be really helpful. Leave a review. Let us know what you think. Um, you can also email me at um, thingsthatmattertomepod at gmail.com. Uh, that's uh, all those ways that you can get in touch with me. Follow, subscribe, tell all your friends, um, and uh, hopefully things will continue to move forward. Uh, until next time, then, this has been Robert Morrison. And these things matter. Mm-hmm.